Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. Today's Song of the Soul guest, Marcy Geller, has totally enchanted me. Maybe it's the depth of the encounter she brings us through her songs, but maybe it's also that spring is upon us and her music is growing stocks of hope and striving in me, even as the songs wrestle with the dark times. Marcy Geller can be sweet. She has a gift of poetry and melody, and she sings and writes beautifully. But most of all, she weaves a web of magic and inclusion through her music, taking us on a journey of both depth and elevation. Although she plays and records mostly on her own, she plays well with others. Like the couple years, she went on tour with Blackmore's Night, where she opened for them and sometimes sat in with the band. And the couple years, she played with the acoustic trio, Lucky 13. Her home of some decades is Stony Brook on Long Island, New York, and she joins us today from Stony Brook via Zoom. Marcy, you cannot believe how excited I am to have you here today for Song of the Soul. Oh, I'm equally excited. (laughs) You can't be equally because you haven't been listening to my music or my shows necessarily. I've been listening to your music and I have fallen in love. There's no question. And I convinced my wife too, and she's now fallen in love with your music. And so I feel really privileged to have you here today. Thanks so much. There's never enough love. So that's all. It's all cool. Does your music in some way have some motivating force or connection with why you're in Stony Brook? In a very indirect way, yeah, because I met my now husband of 25 years here in Stony Brook. We were put together by a mutual friend to work on a music project together. And long story short, I came out to meet him. It was supposed to snow. We wound up talking until seven o'clock in the morning. I got in the car and I just said to myself, I'm going to marry that guy. I just knew instantly And the irony to the story is that I wound up moving out to Stony Brook into that very house that had the recording studio. He asked me to marry him two weeks after we met, but we waited about five years (laughs) before we actually tied the the virtual knot. Now we co-own our own recording studio here in Stony Brook. But, you know, all of the music that you'll hear, like so much of it was birthed in this town. So I can't say that the town itself is a muse for me, but I can say that being here completely changed my life. I was trying to plumb the depths and the breadth of the discography of Marcy Geller. I didn't find it all in one place, including on your website, MarcyGeller.com. I didn't find everything there, but I think there's at least eight albums worth. Yeah. Has it all been birthed right there in Stony Brook or do you, you know, did you run off to Nashville to record a couple or? It was all birthed here in Stony Brook. A lot of the earlier albums were in that first half 
house, which wound up becoming what we referred to as Brill Building East. And if you're not familiar with the Brill Building, it was this very famous building in Manhattan that Carol King and Jerry Goffin and Paul Simon all got started. It was basically like a writing factory where these publishing companies or record labels would take young aspiring writers and give them literally like a cubicle in a room. And their job was to write songs all day. When I moved out to Stony Brook and eventually my husband moved into that house and we lived communally with two other musicians and built Sonic Underground, which is still our recording studio. We always used to joke and call ourselves the Brill Building East because, you know, I'd come downstairs in my bathrobe and pajamas and I'd get a bowl of cereal. One of our housemates would come upstairs with a guitar and start playing in the kitchen and I'd start singing melodies and like a few hours later, there was a song. Those were really magical times. And then Johnny and I wound up, my husband is Johnny, Johnny and I wound up staying in Stony Brook, buying a house a little bit south of that old house that was up in the village of Stony Brook. And we rebuilt the studio. And that's where I'm sitting right now is in Sonic Underground (laughs) 2.0. Where did you start out with music? There's a an actual film of me as a baby sitting in our living room and my parents playing music and I was like doing like the twist. Like any my parents will tell you that like as soon as music went on, I was like tapping and, and humming and I would become very, very alert. When I was three, my parents started noticing that every time they brought me to my great aunt Mimi's house, that I would start playing melodies on her piano. And we lived in a little apartment in Queens. They couldn't fit a piano, let alone, I don't think they could afford one at that point. So on my third Christmas, I woke up and they had bought me an Emony organ, which was already plugged into the wall and turned on. And they woke to their daughter, three years old, playing Silent Night by ear. Um, So, you know, (laughs) it wasn't like I chose it. It definitely chose me. The more interesting part is that I played my first solo piece of Silent Night. But from that point forward, I was always writing. I remember being little and hearing songs on the radio and whereas most kids will get their first instrument and try and figure out how to play a song on the radio. My first inclination was, oh, I can do that. I'm going to write songs. And I did. I started writing very, very young. I mean, they were far less brilliant, you know, as a child. (laughs) Um, My subject matter was a lot more limited, you know, mommy, I love you. I think that was my first hit. And, you know, daddy, I love you too. You know, that was number two. (laughs) And then my parents had such eclectic taste in music. You know, I mean, I was listening to the Beatles, of course, because they were the second coming for my parents, but they also had like Frank Zappa and Mothers of Invention and the Mamas and the Papas, which really made harmonies sink into my brain. You know, and then along came the Brady Bunch and the Partridge family, and I was like singing the harmonies with them. Well, your place is to share music. So let's launch into some of Marcy Geller's music for today's Song of the Soul. Where do we start off? Let's start with Joy Is. That was a song that I wrote in under 45 minutes as I was racing out of the house to catch a train that I didn't want to catch. And this little song just came along and saved me that day. So let's play Joy Is. 
We're going to play the song. We're going to talk about it afterwards. We've got Marcy Geller here today for Song of the Soul. MarcyGeller.com. Marcy is with an I. MarcyGeller.com. The link's on NortonSpiritRadio.org. Joy is. Joy is sorrow's little sister She is small in stature but she's mighty And don't you doubt her cause she won't let you down When trouble challenges your stride Joy is anger's little sister she is far more subtle and she's steady While anger crashes, joy will slow you down So you can find the space to breathe Joy may hide during danger But remember she's always within just take a moment and invite her She is brighter than the darkest dim happiness it is to have Marcy Geller here today for Song of the Soul. That song is Joy Is, and it was on her 2019 release, Bear. There's something about the song that is very cute. Mm-hmm. 
joy is in a little sister. Mm-hmm. It's got some cuteness to it. But then you're talking about things like anger and other disturbing emotions, emotions that are difficult for a lot of people. Is any particular part of that repertoire easy for you? And emotionally, I mean, can you do anger? Can I do anger? Oh, yeah. I mean, my first album here on the edge, the lead track was called I'm So Angry. It was a period of my life where I felt like I had to take all of my pain that I had been swallowing and covering up and shielding the world from and let everybody know how much I hurt. And I don't regret that album. That album has a lot of magnificent moments, but that was a painful album. I I don't know if I could do I'm So Angry at a show now. And I get asked to do it all the time because there are people who that song brought them, I guess, a certain level of being seen or being heard so that for them, it's empowering, where for me, it debilitates me. I still go to darker places. I don't feel the need to scream emotionally, at least not at the moment. (laughs) I was looking at the blog via your page. And so I've got some idea of some of the ups and downs. I mean, you journal about some of them, right? Mm -hmm. So evidently you can do depression. Mm -hmm. But my sense is from the music of yours I was listening to is that you have taken the difficult emotions by that I'm saying not joy, Uh (laughs) and you've turned it into gold. I mean, wow, how captivatingly deep can you go in the underground of Sonic? (laughs) Well, that's sort of a motto of mine is that I take my pain and I turn it into art. If you don't have depression, and depression is different than feeling depressed. For me, for somebody who is diagnosed with clinical depression, although hit it so well for decades of my life, I feel almost freed at this point that I can publicly not only acknowledge that I have depression, but acknowledge it from a place of safety and comfort because music was the way I worked through so many of those darker episodes. It was a place where I could safely and objectively examine what I was experiencing or feeling without being in it as much. It was almost like once removed. You know, when you write, you're almost like the narrator of the story. There's a process. And I I will tell you, like the song that we'll play next, which is called Replaced by Stars, I was in such a bad episode of depression. I am an incredibly type A personality. I am not someone who relishes hanging back and doing nothing. Like I am always busy and involved and engaged. So when depression gets its hooks in me to the point where I don't even feel like I can breathe fully, let alone get out of bed. The music is the savior that I run to. And I remember so specifically the morning that I wrote that song because I really knew I was in trouble. I knew that I had to do something because I had suffered depression for so many decades and had done so without taking any medications. And that morning, I just felt like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And I sat down and I just started breathing. And I just said, look, you've got to face this head on or it's going to take you down and you may not get up again. And I wrote that song. I I think I wrote it from start to finish without even stopping. You know, that's how I saved myself that morning was through that song. Song is Replaced by Stars, Marcy Geller.
Marcy Geller is here today for Song of the Souls. She has an ability through her music to transport us to worlds sometimes hidden from our own view and to lay bare. And, and the name of the album that's from is Bear. In the chorus of that song, bargains with graces and vices 
long sleeves can hide all the scars. Are those metaphorical long sleeves? For me personally, they are. I have never slit my wrists open, but I know people who have. I would say 99.9% of the time, any song that comes out of me is the truth, but it's not necessarily my truth. It was metaphorical in that the long sleeves also represents how people who know me and who were in my world during that period of time probably would never know what I was going through. So those sleeves were hiding my scars, were hiding my truth, because I needed to present as this very happy, optimistic, positive person, which is my basic foundation as a human being. Like, I am an optimist. I am a happy person. Let's go to Save Me, because that's a song where, once again, it's March and I'm thinking I'm never going to see the sun again. And I'm running in my neighborhood and I hear bagpipes and I'm like, what, how how am I hearing bagpipes? I mean, (laughs) duh, it's March. They were practicing, but I hear bagpipes and I see this lone woman practicing in the field by my house, probably because her family won't let her practice bagpipes in the house. And I'm getting this idea and I'm running and the endorphins are starting to fill up my brain and the sun comes out and I'm like, oh, there it is. There it is. And I raced home and I wrote the song. Then I was gifted when my dear, amazing friend, who's the legendary Lori Lieberman, agreed to sing on the song with me. We're going to play it, talk a little bit about it afterwards. Save Me. It's by Marcy Geller. It's from Square Peg. my window there's a world that's shining brightly but the only thing that strikes me are the shadows i could ride the waves of goodness let my body float on hope push aside the constant clamor of myself down i've searched high i fell low lost my savior long ago Don't know that it's the music that will save me. Save me. I can marvel at the beauty behind this tattered shirt that reminds me of the moment when I face truth. But the truth is just an angle that could turn like billowed sails, and the only one to steer it holds the mind. I've searched high, I fell low, lost my savior long ago. Now I know that it's the music that will save me. Pull the curtain back and behold the promise of my creation.
a grapple with this movie that has ended in surprise. I ponder if the message is the compromise. Cause it turned into a romance between me and the unknown. Perhaps these circumstances are the cornerstone. I've searched high, I've been low, lost my savior long ago. Lost my savior long ago. Now I know that it's the music that will save me. Yes, I know that it's the music that has saved me. You are so fortunate that you tuned in today to Song of the Soul because we've got Marcy Geller here. That's her song, Save Me. Her website, marcygeller.com. Marcy is with an I. Any question about spelling, always come via northernspiritradio.org. You get links to Marcy and all of our other guests of the last 15 and a half years on northernspiritradio.org. There's a place to post comments. Please do that. We love two-way communication. Also look on our site and support us. That's how this full-time work is underwritten. It's not by companies and it's not by government. It's because you, the listener, want to make it continue and especially support your local community radio station. Local media is so invaluable, especially in this world of centralization. Right now, six companies own more than 90% of the media in the United States to make sure you support those local community radio stations who let us have an alternative, let us have local flavor. We just listened to Save Me, and I wanted to ask you just a little bit and follow up, Marcy, about the refrain. It says, I lost my savior long ago. Now I know it's the music that will save me. I know that Geller is a good Jewish name. Uh, (laughs) Lost my savior long ago. I didn't know you had one. (laughs) Neither did I. No. Well, I was a searching soul. I was brought up with parents who did not celebrate or align with any specific religious leaning. My mom explored shamanism, took my sister and I to learn transcendental meditation when we were kids because she heard the Beatles and Brian Wilson studied it. So that meant her children should study it. So, (laughs) you know, our spiritual upbringing was really more spiritual. However, my perception as a child was that all the pretty popular girls are Catholic and well, they can be bad and then confess on Sunday and then poof, it's all better. So I was desperately trying to be Catholic for many years of my life until I started going to church and internally arguing with the priest, you know, like (laughs) I did that too. And I was Catholic. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the priest would say something. I would go, no, that's not true. You know? And you know, that was very precocious for a child to have enough sense of self. And I have to thank my parents for that. But I did, I had enough sense of self that I could go, well, that doesn't feel right. And then my friend's babysitter was born again. And so she took me to her church and the music was so seductive. And I just remember standing there and just praying so hard and going, come on, God, make me feel it. Give me the spirit. 
And the only thing that ever hit me that way was the music. So these ideas of saviors, I realized that is my savior. The music is what always saves me. So I found my spiritual God. So why don't you save us some more with some of this music? I do feel like there's salvific quality to music, which taps us and connects us and roots us. And yours does that. So we're next. This one has not even been officially released. So you will be the first person to ever share it with the public. It's called When This Ends. It is my love song to the pandemic. It's the soliloquy. It's me telling everybody in that moment in the play that there is going to be a time when this ends and that we can go back or maybe go forward to being together again. The pandemic has birthed so many songs, more songs in a year than probably I'd ever had in my life. And at the same time, so much loss and fear and distrust and not knowing who to believe. It's still going on and it's taken its toll on so many of us. You know, I always feel like we have to find the beauty in everything if it's possible. So I wrote this song sort of as a peacemaker and a way to say we're going to be okay. It's got heavy overtones to it, folks, and it's got that promise of the light at the end of the tunnel. We're closing in on that, and Marcy Geller brings it closer with When This Ends.
song is being released really for the first time today on song of the soul by marcy geller m-a-r-c-i-g-e-l-l-e-r marcygeller.com links on nordenspiritradio.org when this ends in our pod with or without god your last words there the verses that you have there who's been your pod my husband who I must give credit where credit is due. I mean, everything you have listened to today has been at very least engineered by him, at very most produced with him. And this song, When This Ends, I literally wrote the song and gave it to him. And I said, do with it what you will. So the orchestration, that's 90% him. So I have to thank him for being my pod mate, our cat Bailey. And then we have two neighbors who live behind us. We share a fence that we actually built. They built a gate so that we could pass into each other's backyards instead of driving the quarter mile around or walking the quarter mile around to see one another. Being able to social distance with them outside has been really, really healing for us. And it's like a sanity balancer, you know. My heart really breaks for friends and family members who literally have been alone for a year without any human contact. I'm really curious to see if they do research to see how this has impacted our society and people, because at least I get to hug my husband and my cat. Let's keep moving on your song. I understand that you have performance yet coming up today. How often do you do performances these days during this period of being locked up inside a pod? I'm doing four shows a week. I do. It's always someone's birthday, birthday party every Sunday at five o'clock Eastern time on my Facebook page, which is at Marcy Geller Music all one word. The same page hosts Coffee and a Song, which I do Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays at 10 a.m. It's really quick. It's usually under 15 minutes, and I'll do three songs just to get your day started and to give you some joy and lift in your step, hopefully. Well, give us one of those songs right now, not necessarily from that program, but from Marcy Geller. Let's do It's All About Love, because That kind of says it right there. I don't really need to give that one much of an introduction or explanation. (laughs) Let's do mention about the context for this, the release of this song. You were going to be doing a limited release EP, and maybe you did. I read that you were only going to get about 100 copies of it. That was it. I hope That's true. 
Yeah, they we did press only a hundred copies, and I think I have like thirty left. So you know, it didn't like fly out the door, unfortunately. But yeah, I still have about thirty of them left. I did it as a limited release because it was a compilation album of previously written and recorded love songs. Now, a bunch of them appeared on other albums, but a lot of them had never been released before. So that's what was kind of cool about that album. And then I had written "It's All About Love" and recorded it, so that was obviously the title track on the album as well. And folks, if you don't fall in love with this song, you're stupid. <laughs> and, I, and I've been told I'm not supposed to say anybody's stupid, but if you don't fall in love with this song, you're wrong. You yeah. just need to go see a therapist. Something. <laughs> <laughs> this song is so perfect, so wonderful, and so Marcy Geller. It's all about love.
wow, wow, and wow. It's all about love. And Marcy Geller tells it like it is, and she sings it like it is. <laughs> and again, Marcy, because you're younger than I am, I don't know if you were even around for the era when that kind of song, I think there was an era maybe in the 60s okay. where some songs with that tone, there's a girlish aspect to it and there's the kind of mushy and happy and deep and oh my goodness, you did it. <laughs> you did it better than all of them. You are now the epitome. Oh, well, thank you so much. Do you want to make sure people go to MarcyGeller.com? As Marcy just told us, there's only some 30 or so copies of that limited release of It's All About Love. I can't believe that there are 30 left. I, I they should have <laughs> They should have flown out of the windows. Like, I on, thought on it was going to sell out the first hour. I was a little bummed, but... <laughs> You know, it is what it is. Please do go there. And as Marcy just told us, she's a songwriter on the website. You'll notice she has a saying says, I'm a songwriter singer because the song always comes first. I have a friend here, musician locally. Walter Kraft is his name. His motto is serve the song. Oh, amen. Amen to the amen. Yes, absolutely. Never serve your ego. Always serve the song. Again, Marcy Geller joining us from Stony Brook, New York, and she's about to give us another song. Let's surf the undertow first. We're going to surf the undertow. Everybody who thinks about New York thinks about surfing, right? No way. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, you're saying that in jest, but Long Beach on Long Island is one of the best surfing havens in the world. I mean, they get great waves. Surf the Undertow is one of the songs that just nailed you in my constellation of stars. It's incredible song. I think all the more so. I, as a matter of fact, in Quaker meeting earlier today, I mentioned this song because it so much captures a, a deep undercurrent. And that's, I guess, punning. I, I am a punny guy, but <laughs> it captures those deep undercurrents of what you do with the things that move deeply in your soul. They can drag you down or you can surf the undertow. Right. Thank you for being a spiritual master leading us in what to do with that. Okay. Thank you. We're going to go right into it. Marcy Geller, surf the undertow. Hold 
The Undertow is that incredible song by Marcy Geller, marcygeller.com. It's from her release, Open Book. I hope, folks, that you're going to create a drain on her back <laughs> stock of CDs. Uh, of course, you're going to be, most people are going to be downloading it just via the internet these days, but Surf the Undertow is certainly one of the gems in the vast riches that Marcy Geller brings to us. One of the things that struck me about that song. I mentioned the earlier one, you know, you're hearkening back to Dizzy Gillespie times or whatever. Your musical styles go in various places. That one had me going back at least two, three centuries. The British Isles. I had a feeling there were petticoats on the people dancing to that music, too. That's cool. Well, that's because it's not an actual waltz, but it's 6-8, which if you're a mathematician, waltzes happen in 3-4. And if you're not a musician, most contemporary songs are 4-4. Four, four, so it's 1-2-3-4, right? So Surf the Undertow is 1-2-3-4-5-6, which has a waltz meter to it. And that's probably why it hearkened you back to that time, which I never thought of before. That's really cool, actually. Well, you got to remember, I'm an international folk dancer. And so I dance from England and everywhere else, too. What is the undertow for you? Well, I mean, the obvious is depression. But I think on a broader spectrum, 
I think that the undertow for me is that when you're an optimist and then things don't turn out the way you optimistically anticipated or hoped that they would, it's the disappointment that can pull me under at times because I'm like, but it was so close and I thought it was going to happen this time. Thankfully, I've grown a little bit past those expectations and now I'm just happy and content with the process of creating music and sharing it with other beings because again, connection and making you feel a little less lonely. But I had a very different vision of my life when I was young compared to how it manifested. And actually, it's been quite lovely, just not what I was expecting it to look like. Learning how to surf the undertow gets you to the place where you are happy with where you are, as opposed to where you thought you were going. Mm-hmm. Well, you do miracles through your music. You do miracles of healing for yourself, I'm sure. And for the rest of us who have the joy of listening to you, can we do that one more time, please? It would be my honor. The last song that we're going to share with your audience is called Breathe. It is self-explanatory, but really it's about, again, those little voices that can tell you lies about yourself and defying them and remembering to just breathe. And having demons stir stews. There's some brilliant, brilliant imagery in this song. We're going to go out for today's Song of the Soul with this song by Marcy Geller. I just can't thank you enough for the richness that you've brought in to me through your music. To my wife, she's only heard half the songs and already our lives are more vibrant because of you being present. My wife, by the way, has the t-shirts to say breathe because she's a yoga teacher, a meditation teacher. There you go. How perfect could it be? Thank you so much, Marcy, for the music, for bearing your soul, for helping us breathe through it and surf that undertow to a better place. Thank you for having me. It was, it was sparkly. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's, you know, I don't think that people who create can hear enough that their music touched another person. So thank you for gifting me with that. I appreciate it. So, folks, we go out with Breathe by Marcy Geller, marcygeller.com. The link's on northernspiritradio.org. This is from her recording, Bear. Here is that one last song, Breathe, and we'll see you next week for Song of the Soul.
Theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helpsmeet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.